We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. We are partnered with 440 Sports. Titans report to training camp today, Tuesday, July 26th. The report I saw is that on-field practices will start on July 27th. Mike Vrabel talking to the media later today, so we'll get our first look and sounds from Titans training camp. Justin, I know you're a little under the weather. How are you feeling, though? <laughs> yeah, you know, this, this is my Jordan flu game. You know, I'm trying to power through, <laughs> record for y'all, battling COVID right now. So doing my best to, to be here and, and knock out this episode. But it's an exciting week nonetheless, right? It's Training camp is here. Excited to see, uh, as you said, I like the way you put it, the sights and sounds, really, uh, from this whole week, of course. But really this first day as well, right? The first day is always special. It's like the first day of school, right? You've had the whole summer off. You get to go back, make your new friends and and all that. So excited to get a pulse uh, or a beat on the pulse, at least on this 2022 Titans team. Yep. So I imagine they will do the conditioning test today, probably before they're out on the field for practices starting on Wednesday. Uh-oh. And Does Traylon Burks know they're doing a conditioning test? That is one thing I am going to be watching for. <laughs> I'm Can kidding, Burks I'm pass the conditioning test? No, but on that note, it was nice to see some guys that did not show up on the PUP physically unable to perform list. Obviously the way it works in training camp, if you don't know, is that you can start the camp on the pup list at any point you could be taken off and cleared to practice until then you're not involved in the regular team activities. You don't want to start the season on the pup list because then you will be out for up to six weeks or a minimum of six weeks, six games. But if you avoid that, then you will be okay. So for now, One little note quickly. They also still count towards the 90 man roster. Not that that's a huge detail, but you don't get a roster exemption. Uh, So Titans are still, they got three guys on the pup, which we're about to, we'll get into. Um, It's not like they get three extra roster spots. So they'll have, I guess, 97 guys tomorrow um, on the field with three guys being on the pup. Yep. So we got guys that we were not necessarily surprised, but at least encouraged to see not on the pup list including Caleb Farley coming back from a torn ACL, Robert Woods also coming back from a torn ACL. Aaron Brewer was dealing with something during OTAs that kept him off the field a lot. I mentioned Traylon Burks. I don't know what would have caused him to be on PUP, but (laughs) hey, it's nice that he's not on it. So the Titans are going to be able to hit the ground running with basically every starter on the field, ready to go when training camp begins, assuming that we don't see some sort of hold-in scenario from Jeffrey Simmons, which we might get to, we'll talk about a little bit, but I do think that this is a really good place for the Titans to be in terms of the pup list. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I don't think it could have gone any better, right? Like uh, Caleb Farley and Robert Woods, obviously the two big ones, right? We're expecting Robert Woods to come in and, and be the number one receiver. And, and this means there's probably a really good chance uh, that he'll be the number one receiver in week one, right? Like this, this essentially means there aren't many limitations. Uh, the reason I'll use the word many is because I wouldn't be shocked if he's a limited participant in practice and, and yada, yada, but 
Really good news is not on the pup. The same goes for Caleb Farley. Look, we've talked about this to death on this podcast, and all Titans fans are aware, but huge year for him, right? Trying to claim uh, the starting number two quarterback job opposite Christian Fulton. So such a big year for Farley. Really promising he's not on the pup. Suffered was a season-ending torn ACL against the Bills on primetime. What was that, like week six or seven, roughly? Remember that being like October-ish. Week six, it was. Week six, yeah. It's a primetime game, right? And that was one of the first games, I think, where he was earning, I mean, not a lot of playing time, but he was earning some playing time. So that was very unfortunate. Um, Great to see he's not on the pup. The reason I wanted you to include, I asked you to include Aaron Brewer in this group. Not a lot of people were mentioning him. I get it. Look, it's not sexy. O-lineman. Everyone's talking about Farley, talking about Woods. Brewer didn't practice to my knowledge, right? During OTAs, like he had the yellow non-contact jersey on or, or whatever. I mean, not that there's pads anyway, but he was wearing that yellow jersey or whatever they call it, OTAs. Um, that was kind of big, right? Because they're expecting him to compete for the starting left guard job um, with Jamarco Jones. So you, you've got to keep in mind that that's not possible if Brewer's not healthy, right? right? So it's, it's really big that he's not on the pup and hopefully we now get to have the competition at left guard that the Titans intended to have, right? Because that's right. the whole point of the thing. So uh, really helpful that he's not on there. Looking forward to seeing how that battle unfolds. Yeah, I will be very curious to see. Again, this is something that is going to be like, for me, the number one thing I'm looking for when training camp opens is who is lining up with the first team. And that is especially true on the offensive line more. I think we have really, really, really good guesses at who's going to be first team everywhere else wide receiver. We can probably assume that Burks won't be one of those guys, at least not right away. We can assume that Caleb Farley probably will be one of those guys on defense, but the one spot we really have no idea who it's going to be between Jones and Brewer is that left guard spot. Like it, it's a flip of a coin for me. It could be either guy completely. Yeah, I'm going to guess it might start with Jones just because he's the one that was there uh, throughout OTAs. But I'm a receiver, I, I don't know how much info we'll get on this, but I'm curious to see what happens when they go to three receiver sets. Right. Right. Like, will it be Burks? Will it be Kyle Phillips? Will they throw us a curveball and they'll just try Josh Malone there, or Des Fitzpatrick, because they want to see how they're progressing and if they could hang with the ones kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, no, you're right. The O-line for sure, particularly at left guard. I, I think we're confident it'll be Dylan Radins at right tackle but certainly that left guard uh, spot, especially. Yeah. And just to put a little bow on our PUP list here, I think, again, it's especially noteworthy that Robert Woods and Caleb Farley are not on the list because there are guys around the league who tore their ACLs last year, who tore them earlier in the season or in preseason who are on their team's respective pup list. And that includes JK Dobbins, Marcus Peters, Carl Lawson, uh, Ronnie Stanley had an ankle thing that that he's on the Dave, PUP. Like David Bakhtiari, like David I know he's Bakhtiari. a bigger guy, but he tore his ACL in 2020. Yeah, yeah, he's tried to pop. come back last year, couldn't come back. Yeah, for so, Davius White, he tore it a little later than Farley, but he's a cornerback, same position that's on the pup right now. Right, so it's big. It's it's really good sign for where these guys are at in their recovery. Now the Titans do have three guys on the list and they are kicker Caleb Shudak who was injured during a drill in OTAs, uh Tommy Hudson also injured during a drill in OTAs, and Monty Rice who we didn't really have any information on why he wasn't practicing in OTAs, but we did learn recently that he had a torn Achilles suffered towards the end of last season and um that's a really serious the, injury yeah. for us not to have heard anything about. Yeah. 
So it's Some interesting the that they're smiling ear to ear that they swept that one under the rug. <laughs> Mike Vrabel's favorite thing ever is that no one knew Monty Rice had a, a torn Achilles. But Mike Herndon said this on Twitter. He said it really well. When you're opening training camp where your most notable PUP position is your inside linebacker three, and the other two guys were not even projected to make the final roster, you are in really good shape health-wise. So hopefully that good luck, knock on wood, hopefully that good luck continues for the Titans throughout training camp because an unfortunate part, we're all super excited that football's back, right? An unfortunate part that's going to happen across the next few weeks to teams all across the league is you're going to get a little notification. You're going to see it on Twitter. You're going to get Bleacher Report or whatever it is telling you so-and-so carted off the field during training camp. It's going to happen to countless guys across the league. It's the sad part of the way football goes, but fingers crossed for healthy Titans training camp. They could use that luck heading into the regular season too, of course, uh, after how last year went with injuries. I'll quickly recap the three guys who are on PUP because it, it feels wrong to not say anything about them. Uh, Caleb Shudak, of course, this hurts his chances of competing for the starting kicker job alongside Randy Bullock. Um, uh, it was always, you know, it was always going to be difficult for Shudak to dethrone Bullock, but it was not impossible. Difficult is not impossible. That's why they brought Shudak here. So very unfortunate he's starting on the PUP. You hope he, he can get off it soon and try to make a battle of this thing. It's good for everyone involved. Monty Rice, the most notable one, as you said. Your linebacker three expected to back up David Long and Zach Cunningham this year. Look, I, I agree that obviously it's a, a great case scenario that it's your third linebacker is your, your most important player on the pup. But keep in mind, third linebacker like Monty Rice, if he's healthy this year. I'll make a prediction and I'm not trying to wish bad luck, but he's going to start four to six games, right? Like they, the chances of David Long and Zach Cunningham both making it through a 17 game season, like David Long missed like what, six, seven, eight games last season, right? So you're going to need that third linebacker. Hopefully Rice can make a recovery and come back. In the meantime, I imagine veteran Dylan Cole played some snaps at linebacker last year's special teams beast as well. We'll move there. They also got Chance Campbell, who they drafted out of Ole Miss and Jack Gibbons, a UDFA out of Minnesota. Last but not least, Tommy Hudson, guy that started on the Titans roster last year, right? Let's not forget that. Really good blocking tight end. That, that, that's why they liked him as much as they did. Feels like a, a younger Jeff Swaim almost, right? Like he's going to carve out a role for himself in this league as a blocker. Um, I, I, we all think he's facing an uphill battle to make this roster because we expect them to only keep three tight ends, being Swaim, of course, Chigo Quanquo, uh, and, and Austin Hooper. But if we're wrong about that, and they were to keep four tight ends like they have in years past, it would almost certainly be Tommy Hudson, right? So this is uh, this does qualify as an unfortunate setback for him. Uh, we hope he recovers ASAP and can get on the field. Yeah, exactly. And the last thing I will say about the pup list, just I want to remind everyone what happened last season. We had Taylor Lewan coming off a torn ACL and Bud Dupree coming off a torn ACL. Lewan ended up not starting camp on the pup list. Dupree did start camp on the pup list and didn't come off until about first week of August. So just a little thing to, to help keep everything in perspective here as we move on to our next topic that we're talking about here. Recently on the Athletic Football Show, Diana Rossini appeared as a guest. And thanks to Easton Freeze for putting this on my radar. He tweeted it out the other day. But if you haven't heard the clip, Diana's talking about Traylon Burks and where he's at with his conditioning and overall work as far as being ready to go for the season. Obviously, the Titans are relying on him to play a big role in the passing game. We talked about it last week, and we even got some comments on Twitter about how we were maybe a little too pessimistic about Burks' outlook. 
you know, we're just trying to keep it realistic in terms of what are the expectations for a rookie wide receiver in the Titans offense. They're not always going to be involved right away. We saw Des Fitzpatrick hardly play last year. At the same time, if a guy shows that he can get on the field and make plays like A.J. Brown did, he will play a lot more often. So it's all about how fast can he pick up the offense and show that he can be trusted to to do his assignment and make big plays. Well, here's what Diana Rossini said about where Burks is at with his conditioning and everything else. Everything I've heard since then has been awesome. I've heard he's in shape. I've heard he's lost weight. I've heard there's been so much growth already. And this is an organization that doesn't like to share. I don't want to say it doesn't like to share positive stuff, but they're not quick to, to go there. And the stuff I've been getting from some people, some, some, low-level people too as well like they've heard that oh he's working out tons he dropped the weight he's good to go so i think heading into camp this is a really good first step considering i thought that was going to be an absolute disaster yikes not an absolute disaster thankfully but your thoughts justin yeah very interesting well we'll probably get more comments here about about me being pessimistic or us being pessimistic because I don't think this is the case. I just want to open the possibility. Obviously, I mean, Rossini basically admitted she got those comments from within the Titans organization, right? Uh, I would certainly like to think that they're honest and that they're, um, you know, that they're correct. I would leave the possibility open. Like they knew she was going to go take that to the mainstream media, the public. Is it PR? Is it damage control? Is it trying to control the narrative? Bad optics? Because I don't think that would be the case, but I wouldn't totally rule it out, especially because let's be honest, there's added pressure on the organization with this guy because of how bad the Isaiah Wilson thing turned out, right? Not to mention the AJ Brown trade. Like people are always going to view this guy as AJ Brown's replacement, but you look at the Isaiah Wilson thing, you know, they've been accused of not doing enough homework off the field, yada, yada, which is very strange for this organization, by the way, because this organization appears to be as thorough as can be. But uh, if this Traylon Burks thing goes bad, then my God, now you've got two examples in like three years, right? And they're both first round picks, right? And the pick sandwiched in between is yet to be healthy, right? In, in Caleb Farley. So this would be really bad for them if all this negative press has been true. So I don't think that that's at the, the, the you know, the foot of this thing of, of these comments, but I won't totally rule it out. And I wanted to bring up the possibility Um and we're still not overreacting, as you said. Uh, we're certainly not writing off Traylon Burks. This is not that kind of show. We're not being ridiculous. Like, I'm super excited to see what it's going to look like in camp. That's where I am. I don't care what I hear about anything, really, until we see what it's like in camp, right? That's what's going to, that's what matters most now. Now that yeah. we're here at camp, we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, quickly add in, uh, won't do a whole segment on it, but because this kind of Sam Pittman's comments, right? Head coach yeah. of Arkansas who of course was Isaiah Wilson's uh, position coach at Georgia. They drafted another Sam Pittman player. His comments the other day were pretty concerning, right? And that's what I mean about damage control. They arrived just a few days after, uh, or sorry, a few days prior to Rossini's comments, uh, Diana's comments, that is. Um, It was really weird, right? He basically just flat out said there have been other issues where he wasn't in shape, conditioning was a problem. Like he just came out and said that. And let me tell you, as someone who works in the football business, and Graver, you can agree, College coaches, they never have a bad thing to say about a player they coached, right? Like, it's all about building the resume. It is a very good thing for Sam Pittman that he just coached a first-round pick, especially at a school like Arkansas that doesn't have them every year. 
right? So it is really good for Sam Pittman's resume. The Titans drafted Traylon Burks in the first round. It benefits Sam Pittman to get up there and say, Traylon Burks is going to be the next Jerry Rice, right? That's typically how this thing goes. So to me, it was a little extra concerning that he was, I mean, he said some good things too. Don't get me wrong, right? He said, oh, his, once he got his confidence up, he had some big games, yada, yada. But part of me felt like he was almost throwing them under the bus a little bit. Yeah, he definitely didn't say things that you necessarily want to hear. And again, he didn't say damning things that that mean he's a bust or whatever, like you just said. But like, why say anything at all? And I know he's like, he's on the local radio. They got him for the interview. So he's going to, they ask him about it. And he was, I guess, just giving his honest answer. The reports were already out that Burks had conditioning issues and some issues with his weight at Arkansas. So it's not like he was sharing any new information, but just confirming it from the head coach isn't necessarily. Yeah, it's not what you want to hear. So these comments from Rossini, I get the angle that maybe it's the, the team trying to save face a little bit, put out a bit of good press before training camp. But I don't know that they would do that if it wasn't true. Like it could be both. I agree. These could be very true. And they are doing it to save face because if they said all these things and it wasn't true, like we're going to find out in the next few days. Right. Yeah, so you would think, yeah. Cause people are going to find out if he leaves practice early again or, or whatever, or he doesn't pass the conditioning test or whatever it is. Like we're going to know that this was a load of crap. If he gets <laughs> on the field and isn't, he doesn't look in shape and isn't, you know, playing at, you know, practicing like Absolutely. we need him to. So I think that, you know, I, overall, I'm encouraged by this. I think we were a little bit hard on Burks on our last episode in terms of what we expect from him this year. But that said, and this goes for all rookies, like until you show us that you can contribute to the team, you kind of have to assume that they're not going to contribute to the team, at least not in their rookie season. That That's just how it is in the NFL. And like some teams get a lot of production out of their rookies right away. The Titans traditionally work their rookies in a little bit slower. You have to prove to this coaching staff that you know your assignments and they will not put you on the field until you do. So we'll see if Burks can get on the field. Hopefully he can. Hopefully he can build that connection with Tannehill. He might surprise us all. He could have a thousand yard rookie season. I mean, there's not, there's a lot of people that were heavily involved in the passing game last year. They're no longer on the Titans. Like there are openings for somebody to step up and have a huge season. Could be Burks. Could be Robert Woods. Could be anybody. And I will stand by the fact that um, I was infatuated with Traylon Burks as a prospect, right? From the very first game I watched, I was like, oh my God. I want this guy on the, on the Tennessee Titans, right? So, and I was thrilled when they drafted him. So uh, I, I maintained that. I mean, you go back and watch the tape. Uh, I thought he was unbelievable at Arkansas. And I had a first round grade on him. I had an early to mid first round grade on him, right around where the Titans took him at 16, right? That's roughly where he appeared on my big board. So I was extremely high on him and I'm excited to see what he can do. Yep. All right, final few notes here. Just some roster moves the Titans made ahead of training camp. Number one is before the rookies reported to camp, everyone was wondering, will their second and third round picks, Roger McCreary and Malik Willis, sign their rookie contracts before training camp? Well, guess who broke the news before (laughs) Jim Wyatt and the Titans tweeted it themselves? Our very own Justin Mello got both scoops for both rookie contracts. The Titans end up guaranteeing McCreary $35,000, which was a significantly lower amount of money than some other players picked in the same range got guaranteed. 
a really interesting, weird contract note there. That, these that was contracts, guaranteed money in the fourth year specifically. Though, yeah, I think, it's, right? yeah, it's such a weird deal because these contracts are like the last bargaining agreement or I guess the one before the last one really set everything pretty much into a structure where based on where you're drafted, that's the contract you get. And then there's some negotiation with the guarantees and the offset language, but the Titans get both of their guys signed. No drama here. The entire cl- draft class under contract. Any any comments on that? No, it was great. Uh, uh, it was great that I was able to share that information with our followers. Really happy that this got done in time. You certainly didn't want to see a holdout situation here. I think Jaquan Brisker was a safety that was taken in the same range as McCurry. He still hasn't signed, like as of this recording, as of Monday night. So, and the Bears are starting training camp as well, right? So it's it could have happened. Is the point, right? Like. Yeah, you expected it to get done, but it it could have not gotten done, right? And that's exactly what's happening in Chicago right now. So really great that these contracts both got signed uh, in time to report to camp the day they were supposed to be there. No distractions, full steam ahead for both players. Yep, very good news. And then the last bit of contract news here, just some turnover in the secondary. The Titans let go of safety Rodney Clemens. They re-sign, or I guess that's not technically re-signing because he wasn't on an expiring contract. They bring back, who was a free agent, Joshua Kalu, famous for blocking the field goal against the Kansas City Chiefs during the 2019 season uh, that the Titans basically, that, that sealed their win over Kansas City. The first time Ryan Tannehill played Patrick Mahomes as a Titan course the titans went on to lose to the chiefs in the afc championship that year but hey they bring back joshua Kalu. this to me looks like a special teams move it's a back of the roster churn kind of move we know john robinson loves to do that but i think this is to get somebody in the building that knows how this team plays on special teams that has a defined role on that unit because if you remember a lot of guys that were key special teamers for the titans last year are no longer on the team so interesting that they decide to bring back Kalu here yeah, I actually I have some thoughts on this. I had so many thoughts, more than I expected to, that I actually wrote an article on it for, for Music City Miracles. But a uh, couple of things. Um, you mentioned it, special teams move. I, I know for a fact the Titans kind of let the players in this involved in the situation know that it was about familiarity, right? It was, a, it was an opportunity to coach a guy they've coached before, uh, and they embraced that opportunity by bringing back Kalu, who spent three years on and off. The Titans, 2018 to 2020, he spent time on the team. 2021, he left, signed with the New York Giants. Actually suffered a season-ending t- uh, injury during week one of the preseason last year. So he didn't get to play football last year, but he was on the Giants roster, ended up on IR. He's now healthy, back, ready to compete. I agree with what you said. It's a special teams move. Comes down to how many special teams guys do they need, right? They lost Matthias Farley. They lost Nick to Zubnar, or they haven't brought those guys back at least. Uh, but they might need an extra guy like Kalu. It depends, you know, does Racy McMath make the roster? Trenton Cannon. You know, these are all guys that can play special teams. Familiarity with Kalu brought him back. Um, I, I'll also say one point that came to mind to me, and also maybe my mind's going too deep into it, but it also tells me they feel good about their safety depth. Because I think if they didn't, Rodney Clemens was likelier to push for a backup safety job than Joshua Kalu is, right? So that what this kind of tells me is they feel really good about Theo Jackson, the rookie out of Tennessee, and A.J. Moore, right? Because you're releasing uh, a, a safety that is, is more of a safety than he is a special teams player to bring in a guy that's probably not going to push for uh, much playing time in the secondary, but can play special teams with Rodney Clemens doesn't do as much, right. As Joshua Kalu does. I'll end by saying uh, this is such a brutal business. We all know this, but sometimes I get to see these things firsthand. I got to speak with Rodney Clemens a few weeks ago, interviewed him. I've been exchanging text messages. 
he was super excited to get to training camp. Felt that he had a really good grasp of the Titans playbook. We were, you know, sharing text messages about that. Said he was super excited to show what he can do. Again, said he felt he really knew the playbook. Was excited to showcase the growth that he believes he's made since OTAs. And obviously, he doesn't get that opportunity, right? They they, they release him and go with Khalil. Uh, it, it's a brutal business, right? This happens all the time. We know it. But sometimes when you when you see those firsthand experiences, uh, it, it hits home a little bit. So a uh, tough break for Clemens. Really hope he lands elsewhere in time for camp and uh, can get a go chance to go prove his worth. And Kalu is going to come in here. He's a legend in this fan base. Like you said, everyone remember that block field goal. It was a time expired, I believe, to clinch a 35-32 victory. That was when the Titans just started turning the season around under Ryan Tannehill. That was like, what, his second or third start at most. Move them to five and five. Like, that was a necessary victory. They probably don't make the playoffs without that blocked kick, right? And, and they end up yeah. giving us the best season they've given us in a long time, right? Where they go all the way to the AFC Championship game. So that was a huge block. Kalu is forever a legend here in my book. I'm super stoked to see him back. Sent over a text message to his people this morning congratulating them. They are so excited uh, that he's back in Tennessee. They feel it's the best spot for him, an ideal landing place. Uh, the familiarity, again, which promoted this move helps a lot. All parties involved are super excited. Uh, and he's going to come here and compete for a spot. Yeah, and that was the Chiefs' last loss in, like, I don't know. They started a winning streak of a million games That's for them right. where they went all the way on to win the Super Bowl. Right. And then they always games. lose to the Titans, and then they never lose again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, that'll do it for this episode of Music City Audible. Last thing I will leave you guys with is just some things to look out for over the course of the next week before – Justin and I are back to recap a week of Titans training camp. Number one, contract extensions slash soft hold ins. Let's see if any of these deals get done. We got four guys from the 2019 class in contract years now. Those guys being Nate Davis, Amani Hooker, David Long, and of course, Jeffrey Simmons. So I would not be surprised if they get a deal done with Simmons and or Hooker sometime in the next few days. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but that's one thing I would look for. Another thing, press conference quotes. Do not allow yourself to fall for a press conference quote being taken completely out of context, okay? Mike Vrabel's going to say some stuff. Everyone's going to say a bunch of stuff. Finding out what they what the question that was asked and the full answer is important because a lot of times they will prompt an answer with the question because they're writing a very specific article and they need a quote on it. So sometimes... Vrabel will talk up a guy just because he got asked about him. Other times, he'll bring people up out of nowhere. Those are the important ones to look out for. When he brings somebody up out of nowhere, it's really a real quote. And finally, there are going to be practice clips all over the timeline, and I cannot wait to see them. I have a Twitter list called Titans Beat. If you are looking for a place to see only Titans content curated into one list, just check me out on Twitter at Titans Film Room. Go to my lists and find Titans Beat. And in there, follow that list and you will see tweets, videos, practice clips, everything you're looking for from the Titans Twitter angle where you don't have to like click on specific accounts and scroll through their media tweets and you, you can just see it all in one nice place. So that's something I'll be tweeting out again uh, when practices kick off on Wednesday. But until next week, Justin, do you have any last thoughts for Titans fans? I do. I want to make some quick comments about the extensions you said there, because I'm so glad you brought that up. 
Derrick Henry and Taylor Luan both signed their extensions this time of year. That's why we bring that up. There is a sort of a precedence here that John Robinson is set. Uh, if I had to make a, a, a prediction, uh, I lean towards no extension will get done, to be honest with you. If I had to make a prediction on one getting done, I think it'll be a Monty Hooker. I don't think they'll feel like they're in a rush to extend Jeffrey Simmons because they've got the fifth year option. It's probably something they they try to save for next offseason. Of course, Simmons could try his best to force their hand. We'll learn about that on Tuesday or Wednesday, right? If he is trying, he's not on the field. You could, you know, one plus one equals two, right? You can figure that out. Um, last thing, but not least for me, head over to broadwaysportsmedia.com. The interview series is continuing. On Monday, we published a, a great interview with Roger McCreary, the rookie cornerback out of Auburn, who we talked about earlier on this episode because the contract got signed. Really great interview about Roger's mindset, what type of player he is, type of attitude he has, what he's heard from the coaching staff, his rookie position, his rookie season outlook. That's an interview you're really going to enjoy. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, you will really enjoy the interview on Tuesday with fullback Tory Carter. Tory Carter brings the energy. I had so much fun with him as, as I knew I would. I got to ask him some really fun, strange, out there questions. And Tori was fantastic with his time. He gave us some great comments, some great quotes. I think you're going to really love that Tori Carter interview. And we are not done. We've got a couple more interviews releasing, I believe, on Wednesday and Thursday. And uh, we'll see potentially some more after that. But as of now, Tori Carter on Tuesday, a couple more on Wednesday and Thursday. Go back and read Roger McCreary on Monday. That's right. So check out broadwaysportsmedia.com. Look at all of the other articles we have. Check out our other podcasts and make sure you are subscribed to the Music City Audible wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Titans Film Room. You can find Justin at Justin M underscore NFL. That's all we got for you this week. We will be back next week to recap a week of training camp, football, pads, all the fun stuff. We might have a guest. We will see about that and we'll let you know. But until then, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.